Hello everyone, this is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 25 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined, as always, by Ayaz Sumra. Ayaz, how you doing? I'm good, Joey. How are you? Very good, very good. We're going to waste no time. We're going to get straight into part one. We're going to start over in Philadelphia. This took place last Friday. Jesse Hart topped that bill. He went into this fight 19-0. and He was looking to move to 20-0, and of course. It was for the WBO, NABO super middleweight title and the USBA super middleweight title. These are you know, titles in, in, in that continent that you can win. Hart was actually down in round 10. He's a prospect, of course, and he, he managed to win unanimously after 10 rounds so Jesse Hart now 20 and 0 with 16 of those wins by knockout also down that bill we had him on our show a few weeks back Mike yes indeed Reed really nice fella he moved to 18 and 0 it was only a six rounder but he won unanimously after six so he now moves to 18 and 0 a real prospect to keep your eyes on moving over now to Massachusetts Stephen Ormond was over there. He fought Marcos Jimenez, which was actually a tough little fight. It was for the vacant IBF Intercontinental lightweight title. Stephen Ormond picked up the win, so he now moves to 21-2. and two. He won unanimously after 10 rounds. Moving over to Texas, top of the bill over there, Juan Diaz made his return to the ring. He moved to 41-4 and four in his 45th professional contest. He actually picked up the TKO in round nine, and he fought a guy who was no mug in Fernando Garcia, who had a record of 30 wins, seven losses, and two draws going into that fight. So Juan Diaz back with a bang, literally. Moving down that bill, we saw the return of Mike Mile High Alvarado. He looked very disappointed disappointing when he fought Brandon Rios last time out and he come back with a bang he picked up the KO in round three over Saul Coral so Mike Alvarado now 35 professional wins and four losses apparently I didn't actually see the fight but apparently it wasn't a great fight he didn't look very good in those rounds Mike Alvarado but nonetheless he moves to 35 and four with a third round KO so he's back in the picture no doubt moving over to Sunday now it went under the radar it must have been maybe announced late I wasn't sure I personally thought that Roy Jones Jr. had retired after losing to Enzo Macronelli but no he was back in his 72nd professional fight which is absolutely incredible so he was out there fighting Viron Phillips who was actually a debutant hadn't even had a fight so his first fight can you imagine what it would be like facing someone like Roy Jones Jr. on your debut I know he's not the Roy Jones Jr. of old times but of course someone who's that experienced is absolutely incredible and the debutant stepped up and got TKO'd in the second round so Roy Jones Jr. now 63 wins and nine losses absolutely incredible um Ayaz what do you think about Roy Jones Jr. boxing on after losing to Enzo Macronelli do you think, as well as many other people think, that he should hang the gloves up now? Yeah, I reckon he should hang the gloves up now. To tell you one thing, Roy Jones Jr. is a legend now in the sport. Obviously, he's had his, he's had his prime time, but now I think it's time for him to hang up the gloves. 
Yeah, me too, me too. There's there's an old saying, and father time is unbeaten. It's true. You know, we've seen him lose to people he would have never lost to in his heyday. No disrespect to anyone you know, that I'm talking about that he may have lost to, but it's just, you know, even Enzo Macronelli said it himself, very honestly of him to come on the show and say, look, I would not be, I would not be this confident if I fought you a few years back. You know, I know I'm going to do the business. And so he did prevail. So anyway, that's really it for the review side of things. There wasn't too much to go over. Of course, there wasn't that many fights last weekend, but believe me, in the preview side of things, there really is a lot to discuss. Just before we bring on our first guest, Ayaz, I believe you have some news for us. Cruiserweight boxer Ola Afilabi has retired from boxing. Oh yeah, amazing. I mean, he was very, very unlucky to be honest. He was almost like half the time we forgot he was British. He was always out in different countries trying to do his best. Very, very unlucky. Ola Afalabi fought Marco Huck on four occasions. Of course, most recently he lost to Marco Huck. On those four occasions, he lost three and drew one. So he came close a couple of times, but ultimately it just couldn't. He just couldn't win that world title. So. Very unlucky and very sad to see him retire from the sport. I think he missed out on a lot of domestic clashes, to be honest. I think he done he done things I mean, I'm no I'm no promoter or anything like that, but I believe he'd done things a little bit different. If he stayed over here and built his profile over here, he could have been involved in some top notch fights. Is there any other news you got for us, Ayaz? Yes. It has been reported that illegal substance has been found in Lucas Brown's system when he was tested after being Ruslan Shagayev for the WBA world title. Wow, yeah. Massive news. Again, I'm not one to bring any contrast onto any dodginess or any dark tactics, but of course this test was taken over in Chechnya. We know that the Chechnya hero really is Ruslan Shagayev and everybody in the whole building, including the officials, were pulling for Shagayev to win this fight. So it's I don't really want to throw any anything on there, but we know what things can be like in boxing and we hope that it's all resolved. Brown is saying that there's no way he he took anything like that. Um, Ricky Hatton, of course, is defending him. We'll have to just wait and see what happens and hopefully the right outcome will happen of this and we will see the right thing done and the right decision made. Okay, that's really it for part one. We're now going to bring on our first guest. Okay, now it's time for our first guest on this week's show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a man on a mission to get his 40th career win and to capture the WBA world title. He's got a very tough task ahead of him and we'll get to that momentarily. It's, of course, our very own sole British member of TMT. It's Ashley Fiafane. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. <laughs> no worries. My pleasure, my pleasure. Now, of course, you're fighting on April Fool's Day, the 1st of April against Adrian Broner. How confident are you going into this fight? And is this your toughest fight of your career, in your opinion, Ashley? Um... You know, I believe I'm going to win. I've had a um, great training camp. I've been sparring with um, some great young American um, fighters. And um, like I believe, you know, I can win. I believe I will win. I've, I've done everything. Camp has just been perfect. I've done everything I could possibly do. It's the last week of camp that the hard, the hard work is done already, so I'm now it's just basically time to, you know, just make weight and um, just count down the day. So, um, you know, yeah, I believe, you know, I could believe I can win. It's just about doing it on the night. So, um, and on this being my hardest fight on paper, it is, you know, um, he's 26 years old. He's a four-weight world champ. So that is remarkable in itself. 
But, um, you know, when he beat Paulie, you know, that was a split decision. And um, many people thought that Paulie won. And um, and I believe that Paulie won that fight. And then um, he's lost to Sean and to, um, to Marcus Madonna. He's had tough fights with um, Emmanuel Taylor and, you know, other fighters. So um, he's not some, like, he's very beatable, you know, he's, but he's a very good fighter at the same time. Absolutely. Now, I heard you just touch on, you've been sparring some some young Americans. Is there anyone we know, if you're able to say so? Because I know that rumour has it at the moment, Floyd is nowhere near a gym, but surely he'd be someone it'd be really good to get rounds in. Uh, of course, people always comparing the two styles. Of course, he doesn't do uh, the style as well as Floyd. Yeah, I don't... The only thing they have in common is um, the shoulder roll. And that's the only thing that they do the same. I've, I've sparred with Floyd um, a handful of times hence I got, got this fight. So um, I don't need to, to prepare with Floyd to get ready for AB. Um, I've, I've been sparring, I don't want to say the name, but these are, you know, um, some young undefeated fighters who... Um, you know, we could be hearing from in two to three years' time. You know, as the you know, as like the stars of the sport, they're very good. They got skills and they're very fast. So I've been I've been sparring with guys that are eighties age or young younger, like who are fresh. So um, the age thing won't be an issue. But um, yeah, the, the whole reason why I've got this fight is because Floyd Floyd um believes I can win, so I don't need. I don't need to, to spar with Floyd to prepare for Ray because um is like they're totally different stars. Like they like to um to say that, that A B is like Floyd, but he's not. The only thing they do the same is the shoulder roll. And even me even that like A B don't do it correctly. So um you know, I know Floyd has been watching some of us, some of my sparring from Miami because you know he's got cameras in the gym, so I know He's um, been watching and he's um, giving me some advice and some comments and some of the swears, so um, he knows I'm working. Absolutely. Now, I know you won't be giving away the game plan, obviously, but are you perhaps going to take some leaves out of Maidana and Porter, as you mentioned, their books? Because we've seen Broner struggle when people are in his face, putting pressure on him and stalking him down. Um, yeah, you can, you know, you have to go with the way that he's lost twice, which is with Marcus and with Sean. But at the same time, as I said, you've got Paulie as well, who, who isn't very fast, well, well, who, who isn't very strong. He's not a power punch, puncher, but um, he, he outworked him. So to me, you know, you, you can be like on him as well. You could push him back. He doesn't like that, but you, you really to outwork because he only throws four to five hundred punches a fight. So he's easy um, to be outworked. But um, we have the Ponce de Leon fight as well that many thought he lost. And then you have the man who takes a fight, which um, he, pushed, he pushed him very hard for um, for a few rounds. So um, his, um, I've been watching a few of his fights. And, um, you know, he, he's got hard. He, with the Marcus Maidana fight where he got dropped twice, you know, um, he, I fought up until round eight. I still thought it was a very close um, fight because he was standing there and he, he fought him. So, um, yeah, for me, I'm um, to win. I have to give my all. I have to fight the fight, the fight of my um career. 
But um, you know, I believe in my team. Believe you know, um, last three times I've sparred, I've done twelve rounds, and um, the performances I put in the gym, as long as I can translate that to fighting against the man himself, I believe he. I you know, I believe it'll be different. To see, that's what I'm saying. It's always different to look at a man like from outside the ring, but when but when you're in there with him. It's different. So, um, you know, I've been doing it against my sparring partners, what, like what I have to do on, on fight night. And um, if I could do that on fight night, you know, apply the pressure, the punch output, um, you know, I, I believe I'd just be too much for my fight night. So, um, so yeah, we've got the game plan here. It's, it's just to... To do it, to do it when it when it counts. Of course, you're fighting for the WBA world title. How much would it mean to you to join the ever growing list of British world champions at the moment? Um, you know, yeah, that would be cool. You know, um, it'd be it'd be great to um win the world title because that is um that's every fighter's dream goal to do that. Like when you turn professional, you want to be a world a world champ. Um, you know, I've, I've got this far. No, well, no one else than myself would have believed that I'd be here. It took, it took, but we ten years to get a promoter to back me. Um, I was well, I was well, like I, I read, I read a lot. Where a lot of boxing reporters or boxing fans say that I don't, I don't deserve this world title shot. I didn't see I didn't see them moaning um, when I was got like world number four and I couldn't get no world title shot because I didn't have a Samoa. So um, you know, it's easy for them to say that I don't deserve it now. But I but I um deserved the world title shot like five years ago but it, I never got it. You know, I didn't see them crying about it then. So um yeah, it'll be great to you know, to be world champ. It will it'll be it'll be good, you know, to be another British world champ as well and um even more so i will throw it out there that i that i really have the utmost respect for these fighters these world champions Tyson Fury's these one like kel brooks Cough frampton you know these these um british world champs who have they've gone abroad and defended the title or won the title you got these Kelby as well like you know what i'm saying like these are real fighters and warriors who um, are not afraid to go abroad. And it's easy to stay at home and be a champ, but to go abroad and to do that and defend it and win it, that's something um, special. So, um, you know, a shout-out to those those world champs that go across the world and they take on the best, because that's, you know, hard to do. Of course, of course. Now, for uh, those that for those that may not know the story, just in a nutshell, how did the relationship with Floyd Mayweather come about? Um, uh, you know, when I was British champion, you know, I used to do my training camps in New York, and um, I had um, I was supposed to have a camp in New York for eight weeks. I just I just wanted to change. I'm gonna call it the Poconos Mountains, and then um, I saw that Floyd was starting camp for. Um, so I just thought to come out to Vegas for two weeks to do camping in gym. Came out here and um, yeah, the first day he asked me who I was. I said I was British champion. He said, oh, we might have to spar for you from any good. I was like, yeah, that would be cool. I'll be here for two, for two, for two weeks. We never sparred, but um, 
and I got to watch him train and spar, and that was cool. And then I went away for a year. I wasn't British champ no more, and I came back to try to get on his team. And then the first day I got back, he remembered me, said, oh, the London guy's back. And then that was part of the real camp, and I was just, you know, just training, going out, running with him, watching what, what, spar. And then he just, he just, he asked me why they didn't have a promoter. I just said, no, no one had really gave for me the opportunity like D4. I'd always been the opponent. And, um, you know, I just think he was, um, he knows how hard the boxing game is. You've got to remember, he had, he had his dad and he had two uncles. So, um, he knows that it's, it's you know what I'm saying? It's not easy to have no old, like, majority of fighters lose and, um, you know, he, he knew I didn't have a promote, promote, and he just said, you know, I want to help you. I believe, I believe in you, and um, that was it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we're here now. Yeah, because everybody knows about his relationship with with Adrian Broner. Um, I'm not sure what yeah. things are like between them two at the moment, but this is going to really be the first time he'll be rooting for someone other than Broner. You know, he, he actually wants Broner to lose his fight, of course. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm part, I'm part of his, I'm part of his team, his fighters. He wants his fighters to do well with Badu, with Isha, with Nick. You know, he got them world title shots. They won them, and they were big underdogs as well. Like when they, like when, like Badu fought for the world for a world title. A lot of boxing fans and reporters were like, "Why is he fighting for a world title? He just got knocked out." And then now they're like, oh, he's a great fighter. So, you know, um, Floyd, Floyd, as he likes, he likes to help the underdogs. And, um, yeah, he just, he just, he just wants, he's like, he's got 20 fighters now. And, he, you know, he just wants to help the next year. And then, you know, fighters like myself, who never had no opportunities, you know, to get us off. At the end of the day, that's what he said to me, like a month ago, I've got me the World Tower show. Now it's up to you to go and get the win. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, so he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. Um, of course, he's 49 and 0. Um, everybody, everybody wants to know if he's going to be coming back or not. I know that's probably, um, you know, really it's up to him. It's, it's ultimately his decision. What's what's the what's it like around the gym? What's what's the vibe in the gym? What's the people think he's going to be back? The people think he's 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 going to hang he's hung him up for good now or what? Um. Uh, you know, like some fighters believe he'll come back, and some think he won't. At the end of the day, I I ain't sure because he seems to be having fun. He's enjoying himself. At the end of the day, as he said, he's 39 years old. Like he's 49 and all. Like we have to retire at some point. Like he's done what he's done. Like like you can't box from forever. You know, he said he he brings he bring, brings in like a million. A month, whatever it is, so he doesn't need money. Like he's he's worth like nine um, figures in that. So um, all boxers they have to retire. And a lot of former world champs made a lot of money. They ended up broke. He seems to be content. He seems to be happy. And um, yeah, you know, now it's retire, retire. Me, I, me, I would like him to come back for one more to do the fifth. You know, but um. Yeah, right now he, he doesn't seem that bothered about like entering a, a boxing ring and being real. That's what I'm saying. I'll be training and it's hard. 
if you don't have to box, why would you box? Like, we box to make a better life for ourselves. He's, he's done that. Why Why continue to push your body? Like, you've been doing this for over 30 years now. Like, making way, training hard. It comes a time you just want to enjoy your life. And he's made a lot of money. Now he can enjoy his life with his family and friends and help other boxers to achieve their dreams and, and stuff. So, um... Yeah, like he's 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 done what he's done. He seems happy, and um, yeah, I commend him on that. Cause most cause most boxers don't end up with a happy like a happy ending, and he seems to have one. Yeah, of course, of course, we have to wait and see. In your opinion, is Mayweather the best pound for pound fighter of all time? Best pound for pound. Depends depends what you mean on that. He's made he's made the most money. Um, you know, he, he, he's had the pay-per-view views, like he has the record for the pay-per-view views. He has the record for gate receipts. So um, he is the best ever on on, 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 on certain things. Like the pound for pound, that to each man himself. I don't even think, like, for pound for pound, like, my name Ray Robinson or my name, like, R. Lee. Like, they're called the greatest. They're called the best ever. Like, um, the best unboxer, but I don't believe that they are. Like, oh, you're Ray Robinson. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a personal choice. Like, who, like, who, like, who you wish to go with? So, um, yeah, I don't even go with the conventional that Ray Robinson is the best ever or, or that, um, that are, that are, he is the best ever. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's to each his own. You know, everyone else each their own so who is your favourite then of all time my my favourite boxer uh, well I don't really have a favourite my top three would be Perno Whitaker Ray Jones and Mike Tyson that's 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 my top three but that's what I'm saying like Artie he called himself the greatest and when he called himself that piece they went into uproar. But when Frey calls him the best ever, Floyd has reasons behind saying that. You know what I'm saying? As Frey, as Frey has said, do you think, look, when Arthur lost to Leon Spinks, as Frey says, do you think that a man who's got eight fights to, that could come and beat me? You know what I'm saying? So Arthur wasn't the greatest. He might be the greatest heavyweight, but he called himself the greatest, and he wasn't. You know what I'm saying? So, Floyd, for whatever he's done, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he, he he's... And a lot of... This is what a lot of the great boxers hate on him. I don't know if it's because he's made so much money, and he like, he's smart. He's a smart businessman as well. And a lot of them, Mike Tyson, Ray Leonard, you know what I'm saying? Like, they were great fighters, but their career didn't finish off well. Floyd has and a lot of them hate like hate that because he's been he's been smart like smart enough, you know, to um can like control his career. They didn't control his like control their career, and you know, they boxed on long longer than they should have. When Floyd, as I said, he knows when to call it time because you can't box forever. He's got he's got loads of money in his and he needs bank. Why box one? He's achieved his goals. Like, what? 
there to prove. Like he's forty nine and oh, he's got like he made three hundred million in one fight. Never been done, that might never be done again. You know what I'm saying? Like he can call himself the best ever if he wants to call himself that. Because he, he's achieved stuff that no other boxer has. Yeah, he definitely has earned his right to, to call himself that, to be honest. You can't argue yeah. with that. Um, moving on to other things. Danny Garcia has been very fortunate on the scorecards in a, quite a few of his fights. Now, of course, you fought uh. into a split decision. He's now moved up to one four seven. Is this a fight that you want to chase in the future at all? Would you like to get that rematch? No, I don't do rematches. So I'm good. He can... He's done well with himself. I don't. I've never tried. I've never tried to get no rematch with him. Okay. Um. There's a couple of fights going on in and around your weight class. I just wanted to get your take on those fights. Of course, Amir Khan fighting Canelo. How do you see that one going, Ashley? Um. Well, um. Canelo's got the power. He's very. He's a very good fighter. I think Amir could trouble him with his hand, his hand speed, and his foot speed. It's just if he if he gets hit, I, I just don't know how and how he's gonna take the punching power of um Canelo, but he might be able to try for him. At the end of the day, like they all they all saw the way that Floyd beat him. You know he's got a great trainer behind him, but keeping he you know his his guard high. I just don't know if he has the ring smart. He has he has the attribute to trouble Canelo. I just don't know if he has the ring smarts. I, you know, I'm a fan of Canelo, but I would like him to win being British. And I am, I do like him as a fighter because he's not scared to challenge himself. So um, I would like him to win, but it will, it will be hard for him. It will be a hard, it will be a hard win. Yeah, he's gonna, it's going to be a hard win. I would like him to win. Yeah, of course. Also, um, a fight that we never got to see. Maybe it will happen uh, later on in this year. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Amir Khan and Kel Brook, if they were to get in the ring, how do you see that one going? Um, that's an even fight. I think Kel's a very good fighter. Um, I think both of them on their day could win. So I'm kind of split on that one. You know, um, Kel's got power. He's got speed. He's got skills. But Amir is more is more experienced at top level. So um it could go either way. I'm not sure who like who like who could win. I know a lot of fans side with Kel because of the power. But um experience is, is just as important as as all of the the attributes. So um uh you know I'm not really sure who would win that fight. That'd be a close one. It'd be a good one. And uh, this 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 I'm really dying to ask you. Um, we we may see it hopefully this year. I believe they're both fighting on April the thirtieth. They're both defending their world titles. Yeah. Are you going to go with your countryman James DeGale, or are you going to go with your stablemate Badu Jack? If th- if those two guys get in the ring together, um, I'm gonna go with my friend Badu Jack. You know, um, same thing I done when he fought George Groves. And after you know, uh, um, James has done well. And um yeah, well that's that's why I guess that's why they're on the same card, you know, and I know that I do want that fight as well. So um so that could be going on in Vegas later on this year so if they both were to win. And um yeah, it'd be it'd be a good fight. It'd be a good fight and um James is a very good fighter and Badu's a very good fighter as well, so um 
yeah, it would be good for them to both get on. The unification fight, but, you know, I have to back my friend, as I said, when he fought George as well. I back my friend, B. Yeah, I always have to back my friend. Okay, fair point, fair point. Uh, the last two questions I've got for you now. Um, again, a fight that we were supposed to see, but I believe it's been put off. We're waiting to hear if it's going to get rescheduled. Sean Porter against Keith Furman. Um, yeah, I like Sean. Um, you know, I've sparred with him. I know he's bad and Sean very well. And, um, yeah, you know, a, a lot of folks are saying Keith, but I just I just like Sean. He's fought the better opposition. And um, he's just he's just tough and he's in shape. And um, I think he could grind out a win. He's got a good chin as well. So I think he could grind out a win. Okay, excellent stuff. Okay, the final question I've got for you now, Ashley. Of course, you're fighting Broner on the 1st of April. What's your prediction for the fight? What are we going to see from yourself and, and Adrian Broner on, on fight night? Um, Adrian, you know, he's saying he's going to stop me in four rounds. So, you, you know, he like to bet. It was like to use money. You could take that bet. I'm sure the odds would be good on that because because he's a big favourite to win on, on um, to win. So I guess the only way to make money is on the KO with him. But um, Adrian, he's got skill, he's got speed. I don't know if he's got power. I'm not, I haven't really, I don't really know about it. I don't, I don't think he has power at over like 140 because, um, yeah, because even Paulie, you know, was there without working him. And then he, he got he got on um, the stoppage win his last fight, but I haven't watched that fight, but I heard he shouldn't have got stopped. So he's got his attributes, you know, he, he's got a low punch output, but he's got skills and he's got speed, he's young. But, um, you know, me, I've got a good chin, I'm in great shape, and I believe I could beat him, you know. um, To me, it's interesting because when I... When I read things online, it's like I'm fighting Floyd. Like, um, Adrian's very beatable, you know, I believe I can beat him now and tear. I'm in the ring. I won't really know how good he really is. But um, I've been sparring with guys with that speed who are strong. I sparred with Floyd Mayweather. And I and obviously, I've done well with Floyd. That's, that's why I've got this world title shot now. Because Floyd sparred me like over five times. And he believes I could beat this man. So yeah, I'm in great shape. I believe I could grind out a, a points win. And um, being real, like um, the form I'm in, I can't. Yeah, I believe I'm gonna win. I, I, I don't see me losing. I just have to perform the way I've been training, and I'm, I will, I will, I will win. So um, yeah, that's. I just go. I believe. I believe in myself. I've put in the work, and uh, it's just to do it on fight on fight night. Absolutely, of course. Now, just before we let you go, I just want to say, you know. This, this of course, is is my show. I like to stay mutual. I don't. I like to kind of sit on the fence. But there's no secret okay. in there's no secret in me pulling for you in this fight. I really hope you can go out there and do the business, Ashley. And then hopefully next time we'll be speaking, we'll be talking to the new WBA champ, and you'll you'll be bringing a belt back to UK to add to the many other champions right now at the moment. For real, that would be great. Been an absolute pleasure Thanks. speaking to you. Thank you for talking to us so close to your fight, and best Thanks of luck. Very much. 
Okay, now it's time for part two. This part, of course, the preview part where we preview the fights coming up this weekend. We're going to start over in the legendary York Hall in Bethnal Green, London, of course. Top of the bill, Gary Corcoran, 14-0. He's fighting Danny Butler, who has a record of 25-5 and for the vacant WBO Intercontinental Super Welterweight title. Gary Corcoran obviously trying to move to 15-0 here. This should be a decent little fight. We've seen Gary Corcoran in some tough fights, and he always prevails, actually. Actually. So best of luck to both guys in that fight and may the best man win. Tom Baker also on that bill. He faces Jack Morris. Tom Baker 12-0, Jack Morris 14-2 with the one draw. This as well is for a vacant title. This time it's the vacant English light heavyweight title. Also, one of my favorite prospects, actually. He needs to be moved a bit faster, in my opinion, but I love seeing him fight. I love his flashy style. Romeo Romel, he's also on this bill. He looks to move to 10-0. He faces Michael Dufek, who has a record of 18 wins, 12 losses, and one draw. Boy Jones Jr. is also on the bill. He gets out again in his eighth professional contest. A few other prospects on the bill as well. Zach Davies, Sammy McNess, Anthony Yard as well. Everybody's seen a few clips of him lately on Twitter. Anthony Yard looks absolutely sensational. I was actually speaking to some boxing fans back at the Amir Khan and Canelo press conference, and a lot of guys were talking about Anthony Yard and how much of a fantastic fighter he is looking at being. Moving over now from England, we're going to go straight over to California. Top of the bill, Antonio Orozco. He faces Miguel Acosta. Of course, Orozco, 23-0. and 0. This is another fighter that we must pay close attention to. Moving down that bill, actually, the main reason why I wanted to talk about this Bill, Jason Quigley, he gets out again. He looks to move to 10-0 and 0 over Dante Moore. Both guys have got nine wins on their record. Of course, Dante Moore with the one loss and two draws. Jason Quigley, no blemishes on his record whatsoever. So best of luck to Jason in that fight. Moving over to Saturday now. Those fights were on Friday. We're going to move straight over to Saturday in Wembley Arena. Top of the bill for the British middleweight title, Nick Blackwell faces Chris Eubank Jr. Nick Blackwell, of course, 19 wins, three losses and one draw. And Chris Eubank Jr., 21-1. and one. Uh, Rumour has it that Billy Joe Saunders will be there in the arena. I think he'll be commentating. Of course, he beat both men. So it'll be interesting hearing his take on the fight. I know that he wants Nick Blackwell to win for obvious reasons. But this should be a really good fight. Um, Ayaz, because a lot of people, they think that Chris Eubank Jr. is going to blaze through him. And a lot of people do think that. Let's have it right. A lot of people do think that. I think that Chris Eubank Jr. is going to win pretty comfortably. But a lot of guys who know their stuff about boxing, proper hardcore guys, are saying that this is no walk in the park for Chris Eubank Jr. What do you think, Ayaz? I'll tell you one thing. Nick Black was a very good fighter. But in my opinion, I'm going to go with a Chris Eubank Jr. win. But the thing is, what I still don't understand is he was mandatory to fight Daniel Jacobs' world title, but he decided to fight for the British belt and fight uh, Nick Blackwell. Yeah, he's a strange one. I mean, again, I don't think that Chris Eubank Jr. is scared to step up, but we have seen him in there with a lot of guys who are, you know, who who really he's on paper going to be easily, and he has done. We've seen him look absolutely sensational against some of these Latvians and stuff like that, but we do really want to see him in those fights. But again, hopefully he just wins the British title if that's what his his ambitions are. Hopefully he can he can do that, and then we can see him at that level because I do want to see him at that level. But anyhow, he lost to Nick Blackwell, 
really and truly, his stock will absolutely go shooting downwards. And I tell you what, I don't think we'll see him in those types of clashes. He managed to get himself in the mandatory position. I don't think we'll ever see that again if he loses to Nick Blackwell. But we'll have to see what happens. It's going to be a really interesting fight. Nick Blackwell takes no nonsense as well. He's totally not scared. He's a real warrior. He does a lot of hard sparring in the gym. And we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see what happens. It's going to be a really, really good fight. Moving down that bill, Huey Fury also on the card, of course. He was supposed to be fighting someone else. I've actually forgotten their name momentarily. But now Dominic Gwynn has jumped in and he has filled the vacant spot. So Huey Fury, of course, 18 and 0 at the moment. Dominic Gwynn, 35 and 10. Now, Dominic Gwynn, actually a really good opponent here. This is a lot of people were trying to disrespect him on social media. A lot of people not too sure who he is. Yes, admittedly, he's got four losses in his last six fights. But those four losses, admittedly, when you look closely, they are to Kubrat Pulev, to Amir Mansour, to Dennis Boitsov, and to Thomas Adamek. Now, I'm not being funny. All those guys are absolutely, you know, top-notch fighters. So there's no shame in losing to those guys. It goes to show that he's not scared to be thrown in the deep end. But he actually fought in 2015. He fought in February. The fight before that was the loss to Thomas Adamek in 2013. So he's actually only had one fight in about two and a half years, where, of course, he beat a guy called Donny Davis, who had a poor record, and he knocked him out in the first round. So he's a little bit ring rusty, I think. So Huey Fury can hopefully capitalise on this and move to 19-0. and 0. And, I, I mean, I really, really love the Furies. I've got close relationship with the Furies, of course. But listen to this. Huey Fury, we really need to see him in some top, top fights. I know it's not his fault. Uh, Peter Fury always showing frustration about opponents not wanting to fight Huey Fury, they like to give it all the talk, but when it comes down to signing on the dotted line, they are as silent as anything. But, you know, 18 and 0 now, Huey Fury, he's going to probably be 19 and 0 after this weekend. And Joshua, of course, who's just 15, just, just been involved in 15 fights, Joshua is now fighting for a world title. So, unfortunately, people will start wanting to see Huey stepping up straight away, you know. I know that Joshua's jumped into this world title fight with Charles Martin pretty early, admittedly early. He'll say it himself. Um, Eddie Hearn will say it himself. But we have to be honest here. And Huey Fury's had a few more fights than Joshua now. But I know that there's a there's an age gap, of course. You know, Joshua being 26 and Huey Fury still, still only a baby, still a real, real baby in the in the division. Of course, he's only 21 years old. So a really, really good test this will be for Huey Fury. Again, he's also fighting in April, of course, on the undercard of Billy Joe Saunders, his first world title defence. So he's got two fights lined up, so we'll have to see what happens. But after these two fights, he should hopefully be... 20 and 0 and really closing in on a world title scene you know so best of luck to Huey Fury of course moving down that bill of course Young Fury also jumped on the card this is the brother of Tyson Fury he's got a record of six wins and one very controversial loss his opponent hasn't been announced yet I'm not sure how many rounds the fight will be it doesn't actually say that either we're also going to see the return of Frank Bullioni he's also on this bill 17 and 2 his record at the moment his opponent also has not been announced yet Peter McDonough also on the bill. 
Uh, Ricky Boylan as well. I actually saw him jogging the other day um, down the road. I saw him doing a bit of road work when I was driving. I was like, I'm sure that's Ricky Boylan. Tweeted him on Twitter. Yes, it was Ricky Boylan. So I know he's been putting in some work. I've actually seen him doing it. So (laughs) 13 wins and three losses on Ricky Boylan's record at the moment. He will be looking to extend that, but his opponent yet to be announced. We're now moving over to Sheffield. There's a lot going on in the UK this week. There really is. Kel Brook against Kevin Bizier. This is for Kel Brook's IBF World title, of course, in the welterweight division, if you didn't already know that. Kel Brook, 35-0. Kevin Bizier, 25-2. Aya, talk to me about this fight. I know that we want to see Kel Brook in there with some better opponents than Kevin Bizier. I know that you're frustrated with this fight, but of course, it's a mandatory. In my opinion, I reckon Kel Brook will knock out Kevin Bizier. Um, this uh, Brook's opponent, uh, Bizier, we know him, uh, we, we know a bit about him because he's he lost to uh, Joe Joe Dan twice, right? Now the thing is, Brook now needs to have a big step up. He needs to fight after this after he cleared his mandatory and beat Bizier. He needs to fight either like a Miguel Cotto, Keith Furman, Danny Garcia, Jesse Vargas, the winner of Bradley Pacquiao, and hopefully an Ame, uh, a, trip, a triple G, a Golovkin or even Amir Khan in the future. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, I mean, I think that Bizier is actually... I think people are being a little bit harsh on him. He is the mandatory. Fair enough. He's only... You know, he's only he's had most of his fights in Canada, but you know, his record twenty-five and two, those two losses coming to Jojo Dan, who Kelbrook absolutely annihilated, to be totally honest. But, you know, styles make fights. Hopefully this'll be a good one. Kelbrook also saying that he doesn't mind standing in the center of the ring and just trading off. So it'd be interesting to see that go on. I think that's not not the best thing to do, of course. But Kelbrook also frustrated with a lot of stuff that's gone on outside of the ring and it's very, very much slowed up his career progression. Moving down that bill, Luke Campbell, of course, he's training with Rigondo's trainer now. He will be fighting Gary Sykes, and this is a really good fight. Luke Campbell, 12 and 1. Gary Sykes, 28 and 4. This is for the vacant Commonwealth lightweight title. Also down that bill, Jordan Gill gets out again. He's 15 and 0 at the moment, a prospect to look out for from the Ingle Gym. Lee Woods also on the bill. He faces Lee Glover for the vacant. Midlands area featherweight title and unfortunately there was a tasty contest in the heavyweight division it looks like it's not going to be happening now David Allen 8-0 with one draw was going to be facing Richard Towers it looks like Richard Towers is not going to be participating in this fight so they'll be looking for a late replacement it's a shame because I was actually really looking forward to that fight thought that was going to be one of those fights that just gets put on the bill which is actually a really intriguing fight and only the hardcores kind of watch that fight um, and get really into it so unfortunately it doesn't look like that one's going to be happening we're now going to leave the uk we're going to shoot straight over to the usa we're going to go over to oakland california top of the bill andre ward 28 and 0 highly regarded and widely regarded as the pound for pound number two boxer in the world of course behind Floyd Mayweather but if truth be told Floyd Mayweather is currently retired and of course we just spoke to Ashley Fearfain and it looks like he's not going to be coming back to the ring in in Ashley Fearfain's opinion so that makes Andre Ward the number one pound for pound fighter we've seen him beat up Tony Bellew in Creed as well recently (laughs) so uh, 28 and oh of course Andre Ward it'd be interesting to see him back in the ring he faces 
unbeaten Sullivan Barrera, 17-0. and 0. Somebody's O has got to go. Everybody, of course, will be back in Andre Ward in this fight, but it'll be interesting to see him back in the ring. Also on that bill, Chief Support, Joseph Diaz, huge prospect, 19-0. and 0. He faces Jason Velez, who has a record of 23-1 and 1 with one draw. This should be a really good fight. This is for the NABF featherweight title, which Joseph Diaz holds. It's only a 10-rounder down at featherweight, but an absolute cracker of a fight that will be. Okay, and that's really it for the preview section on this week's show we're now going to bring on our second guest okay now it's time for guest number two on this week's show fighting on the kelbrook undercard on saturday it's adam etches adam welcome to the show how are you doing very good very good thanks of course you're fighting on the undercard of brooke bizier uh, you're fighting zoltan serra what do you know about what do you know about him adam um i don't know much about him to be honest um i know he's got he's got a decent record um, he hasn't really fought anyone I've known, but you know he's he's only lost one, same as what I have. So um, you know I've, he, he does he does pose he does pose a threat. I've just got to go in there and get the job done. Absolutely. Now, of course, it's almost one year. Come fight night, it'll almost be one year to the day um, since last year, of course, uh, the loss to Kamitsky. Also, it's your first fight back at the Sheffield Arena. Are you able to put those, are you able to shut that out? How how eager are you to put those demons behind you? Um, I'm looking forward to it. It'd be nice to get, like I say, get back in, get back to winning ways and do what I do best and, and win. Um, I thought, you know, there were a few things wrong last time. I'm not going to go into what and why, or but this time, you know, everything's right. My training's spot on. My diet's perfect. So I think, um, I think that'll tell on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. As you say, you don't really want to want to go in detail on on what happened in 2015. I know there was a lot of stuff that occurred outside of the ring, but it says a lot about your character. You know, you came back four months after and knocked out an undefeated fighter. You know, so that says a lot about your character. Um, of course, since since what happened, you've kind of been out of the spotlight for a little bit. Has that been good or bad for you? Without that added pressure on your shoulders, Adam. Um, it's been bad to be honest. You know, boxing's a short. It's a short career, a short window. So it's important if young and fit that you keep busy and get out as much as you can. But you know, due to injuries, um, losses, or other other problems outside the ring, my career were it stalled a bit last year. So this year I'm hoping I can um, you know really put things down and kick on. Um, for those that don't know, who are you training alongside, sort of day in day out at the moment, Adam? I'm training at Ingle Gym um, in Sheffield. Calbrook trains there. Uh, Kid Gallard, uh, Jordan Gill, Lee Wood, Carl uh, Yousaf. Some good, good young prospects coming through, as well as obviously me, Callum Barry. What's the vibe in the gym like at the moment? Obviously, um, Barry's uh, ban been lifted. We had him on the show a couple of weeks back. It was just before it had happened. He, he warned us that there was going to be some news coming up soon. And then within about a week, of course, they lifted the ban. So what's the vibe back with Barry back on the scene now? It, it's, it's brilliant, you know. In in the gym, we're not we're not just friends. We, we're more than that. We spend most of, most of his lives together. So it's good news for us all. And like I say, um, it's good for Sheffield. Um, but like I said, Barry being back ready to fight, you know, that's what he does best. He's, he will have missed it so much because he's been out even longer than what I have, you know, again, through no fault of his own. 
it's been it's been a tough time for him and tough time for me, but I'm sure Barry will come through it just, just as I'm going to do. Now, moving on to some other stuff in your division, on the same night, of course, you'll be aware that Nick Blackwell's facing Chris Eubank Jr. What's your thoughts on that fight, Adam? What do you think we're going to see in that fight? To be honest, I think it'll be a good fight. I think it'll be entertaining. Whenever Nick Blackwell's involved, there's always a fight. You can guarantee that. But um, I just think uh, Eubank will have a bit too much for him and be a bit too strong. But we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, will you will you yourself be staying at 160 or are you looking at moving up to 168 in the near future? No, I'll definitely, definitely be staying at 160. You know, I'll make the weight. I make the weight fairly comfortable. If a good, you know, if a good opportunity come along, I might even be able to make one five four. But for the time being, and you know, where things are going, I reckon I'll be staying at one sixty. But you know, if a good opportunity comes at one five four, then or even one six seven, I'm big enough and I'm strong enough. So it's all about you know, waiting, getting your opportunities and, and taking them when, when they come. Of course, there's a fight coming up. Um, kind of at 154, kind of between 154 and middleweight. Um, Canelo and Khan, it kind of just came out of the blue. What's your thoughts on that fight, Adam? You know, it's a, it's a good fight, one that creates a lot of interest because they're both um, massive names. But I just think, you know, I wish Khan all the best, and I hope I hope he can he can pull off a win. You know, he's, he's British. Anyone who's British who don't want him to win, you know, it's it's a bit sad, but. I think I think he'll he'll just be a bit too small and not strong enough. I think Canelo will be too big and strong, but hopefully I'm wrong in what I'm saying. Of course, you know we didn't we didn't see it this year. It doesn't look like it's going to be happening this year. Hopefully next year we'll see it. Um, of course, your stable mate, your gym mate, should I say, Kel Brook and Amir Khan. If we do see that down the line, how do you see that fight going? Hundred percent, Kel. Kel, and I'm not just saying that because he's my gym mate or my friend. Um, I train with him day in day out, so I know what he does. I know the work what he puts in. I've sparred hundreds of rounds with him, so I know I know how strong he is and what he does and what he does good. And I just think he'd be. I think well, I think Kel Brook's the best welterweight in the world, so. I, I, I would fancy him beating anyone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You, you can't really argue with that. Um, Kid Galahad as well. He always praises Kel. Kel is a great fighter. Um, now, finally, before we let you go, the last thing I'll ask you for is your prediction for the fight. Finally, your prediction for your fight on Saturday night on the undercard of Kel Brook and Bizier. My prediction um, is I'm going to win. How? I don't know. But as long as I win, I'm making improvements, little adjustments, and I'll be happy. I just want to get in there, get the win, and move on to the next one. And, you know, this year, this year will hopefully secure some big fights. Absolutely. Listen, I wish you the absolute best of luck for Saturday and I really hope that this year can be much better than last year was was for you. No doubt we'll speak again in the future. Thanks. Cheers for your time. Okay, now it's time to conclude episode 25 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Ayaz Sumra has been Ayaz Sumra. A massive shout-out to our two guests on this week's show, Adam Etches and Ashley Fiafane, both in absolutely huge, meaningful fights. It's been an absolute pleasure bringing this show to you once again this week. A massive shout-out to our loyal listeners. You really do make this show the best boxing podcast on the net, and we applaud you for that. Thank you for giving us your ears once again 
this week and we'll be back next week with another buster of a show please keep retweeting following liking favoriting and much more until then take care <laughs>